0: Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we're kind of getting down to the end of the regular season here for some of the sports. Sections are getting close, which is crazy because we're not even into October yet, but apparently this is how a normal season's supposed to work, so I guess it's getting kind of exciting. Honestly,
1: I don't even know what a normal season is anymore. I mean, so... Yeah, it's starting to get starting to get back into the swing of things. We got tennis sections, I think, starting next week, um, if I'm not mistaken. And then we have after that, it's like girls soccer, boys soccer, and then eventually you have section football. And oh my, I can't even think that far ahead. Um, but no, definitely fun to fun to have everything going on and finishing up and um, I think we're getting closer to seeing every single team play in the, in the fall season. So that's been kind of fun because now we're starting to get back onto the second round of seeing everybody and being able to kind of figure out who's going to be making those runs to section tournaments and such. But uh, yeah, no, definitely a fun week on
0: um, this past week and looking forward to another good one up ahead. Yeah. We had some great games over the last week that we will get to kind of break down as we go. As usual, we'll start with football Um, previewing the next week and doing our picks um, and talking about the week that was. And then later in the show, we're going to get to a lot of different high school sports. We've been out to a lot of um, different ones in this last week. We're going to get to volleyball. That's where Brian was last night. We're going to get to girls soccer, which is where I was last week and also some boys soccer swimming. Um, And we'll probably even touch on some college stuff at the end as um, Husky hockey already starts Saturday, which is also insane um, to think about, but that's what's going on. So uh, we're gonna have a lot to get to, but we're gonna do football as usual to start it off. Um, last week, like we mentioned when we talked just a week ago, um, was kind of a weird one with all the games on the road. Um, you and Dave went up to Albany and got to see them get a win over Little Falls. We'll get to in a bit, but um, the big matchup. There's two really big ones that we're gonna get to be at. We're gonna be at the. I'll be at the rivalry game for Apollo Tech this week, um, and then you're gonna be with Dave at a Hutchinson versus Ricori, top five matchup in class 4A, um, two of the state's best in that class. It should be a good one. So I think that's where we're going to start. Um, Today is previewing that game. Um, Ricori just kind of completely – We I know when we got the box scores for last Saturday because they were on the road at Chisago Lakes, um, I thought there was either a mistake or something was wrong because <laughs> they have thrown three touchdowns all year. They score 40 points in the first half, throw six touchdowns, Jack Spanier does. Um, to I believe four different receivers, and um, they just completely ran it up, coasted in the second half, and won dramatically. It was kind of crazy to see.
1: Yeah, I remember I was I was kind of doing my rounds for that night, trying to figure out who's covering what games, so that I could like um, get some notifications on Twitter. I think I checked my phone about halfway through the first quarter of the Albany game, and I'm like, thirty-two to nothing. I'm like what? <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah Ricori definitely had some energy or something but um they they came out and they came out firing in all cylinders continued their winning streak to four games now um with that one loss against Becker in zero week and um yeah they're having they're having a great time and they got the momentum rolling and the confidence rolling as they head into homecoming week this week um and getting to play you know number one or number two Hutchinson this upcoming
0: week. Yeah, and for for it to come through the air that much was kind of surprising to me because other than one or two big plays the previous week against Apollo, they honestly had kind of struggled in the passing game quite a bit. Um, Just kind of finding a rhythm, having enough time back there, um, connecting with receivers. And obviously neither of us got to see this game because we weren't there, but um, it just from the stats, I mean, Jack threw for over 300 yards. That was the most of any of our local quarterbacks this season, six touchdowns. That's the most of any in a game this season. Um, just kind of came out of nowhere in that regard um, to perform. And that just kind of makes that even more dangerous against Hutchinson this upcoming week. Um, the rushing attack has been developing kind of for Corey throughout the year. Um, Luke Vanerps kind of been their go-to back lately and he's had some big moments for them. But um, if they're able to throw the ball this well too, where they don't even need to rely on the run, a ton as it develops um, I think that's just even more an advantage for them when they play Hutch
1: yeah and, and you I know you talked a lot about the offense but defensively as well I mean they they ended the half with giving up only seven points and then from the looks of it I mean we were at we weren't at the game but it looked like maybe some of their second team defense was out there a little bit in that second half um, just due to the large margin of of score but I mean, seven points—only giving up seven points in the first half—is a huge accomplishment as well. I know they pride themselves on a very strong defense. Um, they were able to shut out Sartell a few weeks ago. Um, they gave up 20 against Apollo, but um, other than that, they gave up seven against Delano. So, I mean, they're they're really priding themselves on defense, and I, I think it's starting to show a little bit after giving up 28 against Becker at the beginning of the season. It's been slowly getting better and better and better um, with each week. um, They've been able to practice and get into the rhythm of things.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, it's a young defense, a lot of inexperienced players just like on offense. But um, yeah, as you've already seen just through about half of the regular season, the strides they've made, I think there's a lot more strides they can make. And Hutchinson's coming in after a 21 to 12 loss to Becker at Becker, Um, as Becker continues to be the number one in Class 4A, probably a a state title favorite at this point after knocking off Hutch, who was number two. Um, So Hutchinson's coming off a tough game um, last week, a top five opponent. They're coming into another one on the road as well. So um, pretty tough sledding for them, um, kind of in this middle stretch of the season. So this is going to be, you know, a matchup a lot of people across the state are watching too, one that people are really excited for. Um, First, Brian, before we get to what our picks are, can you remind people of, the standings and kind of how we all did last week.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we all picked the same teams. Um, so <laughs> the standings have not changed, um, but the amount of wins have changed because we all went six and zero last week. Um, so Dave is at 21 and five and you and Isaac are at 20 and six. So all of us are at 20 wins. Um, and we're just, we're biting at the tail of, of, of Dave for all these different picks, but um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, at, uh, the the Class 4A rankings haven't come out yet. They usually come out about three o'clock um, or so um, every week, and it wouldn't it would shock me if it wasn't Becker one, Hutchinson two, and Ricci three, because um, that's it was it was Hutchinson one and then Becker two. So I'm guessing those two will probably flip flop due to the victory from Becker, and then yeah, like you said, a top three. Two top, two, two, two top three teams uh, facing off is always a fun one that people are going to be watching throughout the state.
0: And for this one, um, I think I am going to pick Recory in this one just because of kind of the run they've been on recently. Um, you know, Hutchinson did play Becker a little closer than Recory could earlier in the year. But I, I don't really think we're going to look back at that result, especially if Recory and Becker do play in a section title game. You know, down the road, which we could be destined for. I think we're going to kind of throw that result out the window just with how Record couldn't really do anything offensively. It was brand new for a lot of them. Um, defensively, they gave up a couple touchdowns. So um, I think it's going to be really close. I think being back home, homecoming, second game in the stadium, so not that same pressure or that all that same hoopla as the first game. They can kind of dial in a little more and try to um, continue on their home field. They also haven't lost on their home field in about – two and a half years at this point, point, I think it is, about eight, I think it's eight games in a row, maybe nine. Um, so they've been just really hard to beat in Cold Spring, and I think that might continue. So I'm going to pick Rickory in this one. So
1: this one is going to have a little some a little bit of some controversy. Um, so I'm picking Rickory. Dave is picking Hutchinson. Dave also said please don't come after him if he's at the game and he picked Hutchinson. So Rickory fans, just to let you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think similar to what you said, I think the big thing that kind of took me, cause I was very much on the fence heading into this week, but after that passing performance last week, I, I feel like Ricori is kind of that, you know, they can do the pass. They can do the run. Luke Van Erp has been looking really good in that backfield. Jack Spanier can take the ball and run too. Um, and now that he's been able to find his targets and multiple targets, um, and then that defense has just been continuing to to keep rolling with with their success you kind of have that well-rounded team that you've been looking for um, from the Spartans team throughout the first couple of weeks um, like you said well, against Becker obviously it's tough to start off your season against a number one team like Becker and you know especially with some inexperienced kids and just not knowing your offense or your defense as well as what you are in week five so, this this time, I think Ricori is back in gear. Um, should be a fun one, and I'm looking forward to going out there and covering it.
0: Yeah, that should be a great one. And like you mentioned, the, the weapons, you know, um, Connor Motzke, Hunter Nistler, Evan Atchinson, Adam Langer, all getting touchdowns last week. Um, they're just continuing to to grow and grow that chemistry. And the crazy part is three of those guys I just listed are also seniors with Jack, and it just seems like as good as they are this year, next year is almost going to be just as scary with just how many juniors are getting experience. It almost feels a little bit like two years ago when um, they were able to make that run and get so many juniors experience and then going into last season. So um, that's going to be huge for them as well, just even developing this year. So that's going to be a great one to watch. Brian and Dave will keep an eye on that one for us. Then I'm going to be at Apollo versus tech for that rivalry game. Um, You know is always an interesting one, especially the last time they played was 2019, 2020, the first year in, I'm I'm assuming almost since the schools open that they didn't play just because of COVID and the scheduling, um, how that worked out. They just weren't in the same um, kind of pot of teams that were playing each other, so they didn't get to continue that rivalry last year. And in 2019 it was a 40-30 to six win for Tech at Tech. That was their first game at Tiger Stadium. Um, you know, right after the high school it opened up, a lot of excitement going on there too. And I know um, I wasn't at that game two years ago, but I just remember from um us covering it That it was just kind of an insane performance in that one so we'll see if this one kind of lives up um to that hype or not in a 2018 it was also a one score game that tech won so um while it has been um a little you know quite lopsided honestly in tech's favor over the last 15 20 years um you know apollo had a stretch for three years from 2012 to 2014 they won um in, a, in one of and two of those were at home but otherwise tech has won at least 14 of the last 17 meetings so i mean. It's been Tech's rivalry that they've dominated for sure, but this year um, they're coming in 0 and 5. Uh, you know, Apollo's coming in 1 and 3 with a bye week an extra week to kind of scout Tech, who um, had a tough time last week in a loss. So um, it's really kind of anyone's you know game in this one. Apollo is probably more favored, which is the first time it's been that way in a really long time. So Brian, what are you kind of looking at for this game, and what's your pick going to be?
1: Andrew Carl's that's my main thing when it comes to this game I mean Andrew Carl's has been looking really good for Apollo at quarterback um I mean he leads the categories I mean he leads or is in the top three of pretty much every category offensively um in your stat in your offensive stat um weekly updates and I mean with the tech defense giving up 170 points in five games, which equals to 34 points per game. Andrew should have no problem being able to run through this defense. um, If it continues this way. Uh, I mean, last week Monticello was able to kind of do the same thing that other teams have been able to do all season long against the tigers and the tigers need to find a way to stop it. And so far they haven't been able to, they've played five games and they still haven't been able to. So um, my pick and Dave's pick is gonna be Apollo. I think Andrew's gonna have a really good time um, on that field. It's gonna be Tech's homecoming game. I know Apollo is definitely looking at, looking at it to possibly ruin that homecoming game for for tech. Um, and there's a lot of confidence even though they only have one win from that big that big lake game, they've been in pretty much every game. Um, like Wilmer they were they lost by one. Record they lost by two. So they've been in pretty much most of the games. And I feel like this is just another good example that they can possibly get a second win, get that confidence rolling as they head into the second half of that regular season.
0: Yeah, Monticello won 36 to 7 over Tech last week. And they put up 29 in the first quarter, which means now Tech has been outscored 100 to nothing in the first halves this year. Um, so that kind of says it all to me, in my opinion. Um, you know, they've, they haven't been able to score in the first half and they've just given up so many points that they're usually out of the game by the time, um, the third quarter starts. So if they do that again with Apollo, who, you know, I've seen be able to put up huge plays, um, big chunk plays as well. Um, just kind of in a moment's notice either on the ground or in the air. So if they're able to do that and, and run tech up early, like all these games have been going, um, I don't think they're gonna be able to get back in the game, especially cause they haven't shown the ability to to really for a full game, put together an offense. So, um, you know, Apollo's thing has been, they've had a little bit of trouble scoring in second halves and especially the fourth quarter. So we'll see if it's close enough, um, on Friday where that still is kind of an Achilles heel for them, or if they um, have an opportunity to overcome that, but, um, kind of for some of the same reasons you said, and also, um, Apollo's defense has just looked really, um, in tune as well. And I mean, they've held Good teams like Wilmer and Ricori to rate right around, you know, 20 points, which gives your offense a chance to win the game. So um, I feel pretty good about picking Apollo to beat Tech in this one. Definitely. So I think, yeah, three, all three of us are picking
1: Apollo for that one. Um, Zach will be out there covering that game. Um, another, another homecoming game that's happening this upcoming week is Princeton at Albany. Um, I was over at the Albany game last week against Little Falls, a really good game for Albany, especially coming off of a two-game losing streak. Kind of wanted to get that, you know, like you said, Achilles heel kind of off of them. Um, and they were able to even up their record at 2-2 two and two with a 42-21 win against Little Falls. Carter Beer had a phenomenal game um, against Little Falls on, on Friday. He had 206 yards um, rushing. He had... Um, I believe it was three touchdowns in that game, um, and so I mean, just a really good performance by Beer, um, especially with a few guys out um, on the sideline due to injury. Laquay Jefferson was all was out last week, as well as um, Hunter Tate, who's kind of the second running back for the Huskies. They were both out due to injuries, and Carter just kind of took over and made it his own, um, made it his own game and. Um, Along with him, it was also um, Logan Heron who had a really good performance as well on the the ground just as much as Carter did. So those two kind of took control. And then Carter Voss was the backup quarterback for the Huskies. He actually looked really good um, against Little Falls, um, taking over that spot that Laquay was hurt in. Um, And, I mean, he had a really good throw. He had two passing touchdowns. That's right. Two passing touchdowns for the Albany Huskies last week. Um, And at the beginning, Little Falls kind of came back and had a couple big plays that ended up in two touchdowns. But then after that, the defense was pretty much sound for Albany um, only allowing one more touchdown at the end. Um, And that was a fumble recovery by the Little Falls defense. So, I mean, a really good performance by Albany just being able to come back on the road, get a win, um, and now they're coming back home to play Princeton, um, who, I mean, honestly, Princeton has looked really good this year. Um, they've put up a lot of points this year. Um, they, they are coming off two wins, um, a 63-35 to 35 win against Little Falls uh, two weeks ago, and then a 38-36 to 36 win against Malacca last week. Um, they also scored thirty-four points against Dassel Kolkato and forty against Zimmerman. So, I mean, you're talking about some crazy numbers there, um, for four for four weeks of football. So um I think the what what we learned from that is that Albany needs to score some points. <laughs>
0: yeah, no kidding. That's just so interesting because I mean Albany I mean Albany doesn't really get in, you know forty four to forty type games. That's not what happens. So yeah. we'll, we'll see if this week's any different because that's just what Princeton has done to every team. Um this year, like you mentioned, I mean they've outs it's been at one seventy five to one sixty one in four games. Yeah uh, is the totals. That's just insane for high school football. So um Albany will be at home. Um like you mentioned their homecoming. Um you know they just got a big volleyball win over Cathedral for their homecoming last you um success continues uh throughout the week but yeah it's this is a really tough one to pick they're both two and two um, both coming off wins they've both in wins scored you know 40 something points so this one's really a toss-up I think I'll go with Albany in this one just to see if they can kind of um, control the pace a little bit more not make it just a complete um, you know just scoring fest see if that changes things up for Princeton off that makes them uncomfortable but we'll see I'm assuming this one will be it'll be a close game I just don't know if it'll be Fifty to forty-eight, but if I look on if I look on Friday night and all of a sudden that's the score. I mean that's that's what's happened this year, so I guess it won't be too surprising. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Dave is going with you, um, Zach. I am actually going to pick Princeton um, in this matchup. I think the main thing for me is kind of what we just talked about. It, it's hard to see Albany like being in a game where it's going to be forty to forty-one or you know things like that. And I feel like with Princeton. Literally the lowest amount of points that they've scored in a game is 34. Um, I mean, it shows that they can put an offensive performance together. They also allow a lot of points. So I'm guessing it'll be a close game, but I just don't know if the Huskies are going to be able to keep it close when you're getting past the 30 or 40 mark mark point um, in a game, especially when their mindset is run the ball all the time. So I think it'll be really close. I'm okay if uh, if Albany you know proves me wrong and gets the win. I'm fine taking the loss on that. I just think Princeton looks really good right now in the first four weeks. So, and it's fun to have a
0: little bit of some rivalry. You know, I don't know. Try and get a little closer in the standings. Whatever. So. Mix it up a little bit. You know, of course, last week we all picked the same and we went six and zero. So maybe we should just try to coordinate coordinate that each week. I don't know. But I'm
1: six and zero in two straight weeks. I'm twelve and
0: zero. Oh my
1: gosh, Brian. Uh, I mean.
0: Pretty skilled, pretty skilled. And also, um, we'll just move on from Brian being skilled. That's the easiest <laughs> way. Um, we also have another uh, local team with a home game this week, um, Sock Rapids, who moved to 4-0 last week. I believe I saw that's the first time since like, well, before I was born for sure that they've been 4-0. I think it was like 94 or something I saw a stat. Um, so it's been a long time since the Storm have started off a season like this. Um, they're going to be hosting Bemidji, uh, who's coming off a 19-6 to win to Brainerd last week. Um, they had a game get canceled the prior week, and they lost their first two games. So um, a slower start to the year for Bemidji, but they were able to to get a home win last week to to get in the win column for the first time. So, Brian, um, what's your pick going to be on this one?
1: Yeah, I think for this one, um, Dave and I are both going with Sock Rapids um, for this particular matchup. I think the thing is, is you know, you look at Mimidji's games that they've played. They played Rogers the first week, which is a top 10 team, um, and they're very good. So they lost 24 to nothing to them. They lost to Alexandria 38 to 20, which Sock Rapids beat earlier on this week, uh, this season. Um, and then they beat Brainerd, which, um, I mean, that's a good team as well. So I think it'll be a good matchup. Mimidji's always kind of a good team every year, whether they're like, fully loaded with offense and defense they're usually they usually have someone that is pretty standoutish. um but i think sock Rapids, until they lose i can't pick against them i mean they look so good um and last week similar to what happened as the other three weeks the defense was really good and shutting down the de- the the opponent's offense and the offense was very solid um, you have 33-7 winning at, at Cambridge Isanti last week. And, I mean, it, it was all Dominic Mathias once again. Um, he's very – he was he was just as good as he was um, in the past weeks. He went 13 for 20 in the passing game with 253 yards, three passing touchdowns. He also ran in for two touchdowns. Um, Andrew Heron, he led the team with six catches and 115 yards and a touchdown. Carter Loesch had two two receiving touchdowns. Um, so, I mean, it it's just, they're good. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say except the fact that they're good, and I'm not going to pick against them until they tell me otherwise. But they've just been on this crazy train, and I don't, I expect them to be, they were ninth in the last week um, in the top ten polls for um, for their class, and I expect them to go even higher this week with, some, with a few losses in, in that top ten group last week.
0: Yeah, first um, QR, QRF came out as well, which for people that don't know, it's kind of a, a formula that um, a website puts together that usually um, leads to the section seedings in a lot of cases from um, Minnesota scores um, online. And in that first QRF that came out, um, Sock Rapids was ninth overall um, as well. So kind of the same that the, the voters have been going with. Um, and the only team ahead of them was Moorhead, who they're going to be facing still. Is a couple weeks down the road, and yeah, like you mentioned, other than that game, that's about the only one I would even consider um, picking against the Storm right now. I mean, you have the defense that's always starting off game strong, not allowing much. You have the offense that continues to be explosive, and um, even, you know, someone like Carter, who hadn't had a touchdown yet this year but had a lot of yards, he got two touchdowns um, in this game as well, so they're just continuing to use their weapons in a variety of ways, Um, and even without having Alex because of injury, they're still managing to um, to get the job done. So um, when they're fully back, healthy too, hopefully by, you know, end of regular season or so, they're going to be even more dangerous. But yeah, in this matchup with Bemidji, I'm going to agree with you and Dave, and I'm going to pretty confidently pick the storm in this one. Definitely. No, I think it'll be,
1: I think it'll be a good one. And I know next week is their homecoming game. So I'm sure one of us will probably be out there for that game. Um, Cause that's always a fun one when you have homecoming. Um, but one of the other matchups this week, um, Moorhead is coming over to Sartell. Um, like we were just saying, Moorhead is kind of the only team that is near Sock Rapids in, in rankings-wise. Um, they have been looking really good. They're 3-0 and this season. They just beat Alexandria 37-31 to last week. They had a um, cancellation against Memidji two weeks ago, and then they had wins against St. Cloud Tech as well as Brainerd, um, to start off the season. While, while Sartell has been kind of on a losing streak, they they beat Tech the first week in zero week, and then they've gone on a four-game losing streak, um, just recently losing 17-14 to 14 at Wilmer last week. So I guess what are your kind of thoughts, Zach, on this matchup, and who are you
0: picking? Well, I have to say I was pretty impressed with um, how they played against Wilmer in that one because Wilmer has played some close games this year, but they still – are really strong team they uh beat apollo they've you know been able to just continue getting wins um and sartell was able to score early um they got 12 of their 14 points right away um against a three and one wilmer team so i mean that was impressive um gavin schultz also been you know playing some quarterback for them now um and you know he was eight for 15 he did have two interceptions but he had over 100 yards and a touchdown and had you know, a big 73-yard um, touchdown in that first quarter that that really sparked them. So I guess we'll see kind of where that takes them. Um, you know, they they mainly focused on running the ball in that one. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a tough task against Moorhead, like we mentioned, one of the top teams in the state, um, still undefeated, and is going to be heavily favored in basically any game they play. So um, I think Sartell is showing signs. It's good to see that they're not, you know, Some things haven't gone their way. They're not rolling over this year. It's not really continuing to trend in a downward direction. I think it was a little a boost up that uh, result against Wilmer. Hopefully that gives them a little confidence here. But um, I'm going to be picking Moorhead in this one just with kind of their resume, what they've done the last couple of years, but especially um, just off to such a strong start this year.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And Dave and I are going to be picking Moorhead as well. Um, Like you were saying, I mean, they lost to Sock Rapids by 27, lost to Recory by 20, lost to Brainerd by 29, and then they lost against Wilmer by three. So, I mean, you're kind of seeing, like you said, signs of improvement. Um, Obviously, when you lose your starting quarterback for the entire season, that is a dynamic quarterback for them. It's hard to replace a guy like that, Um, and it's never easy. And I, I think that this gives them, even though it was a loss, it's a confidence boost as they head into the rest of the season because they don't have an easy opponent the rest of the season. They play Moorhead at home this week, and then they hit the road at Alexandria the following week. They have a bye week, and then Wednesday, October 20th, they play at Memidji to end the regular season. So they, it's not going to be an easy road to get done with the regular season. Winning one of these games at the these last three games is going to be crucial in the sense of just – boost confidence-wise as they get ready for section tournaments um, that last week of October.
0: Yeah, it's like you said it's tough sledding, but that's, that's kind of how it's worked out. So, yeah, if they can get an upset, I would feel a little bit more confident about them um, maybe also being able to pull off one in sections. But it's going to be kind of like with some of the other teams we've mentioned, um, Tech in past weeks, we kind of just need to see a little bit more, probably see another win before we start picking them because that's just where we're at. At this point and then the last I believe the last game we have um, which took place last Saturday was their previous game was Cathedral. Um, they lot they got kind of blown out by a really good Litchfield team in that one. But they were able to to throw for three touchdown passes in that one and probably have one of their better um, offensive performances. there down down the stretch kind of when they were down by a bit. So they continue to be able to throw the ball really well um, show some positive signs. There were only one week away from them playing Albany, which um, depending how this week goes, I mean I could see that going kind of either way the following week. Um, they've, they've both been on somewhat similar paths this year um, and that'll be interesting next week but uh, we're gonna get to see them play um, again this week. Um, you know we'll, we'll see if they can kind of get off that one and three record. They're gonna be facing Malacca um, who's two and two. Um, a lot of these kind of granite Ridge conference teams just seem to all be hovering right around that two and two one and three, um, this is going to be a, a section game for them as well. A team that could maybe see again in sections. And right now in Cathedral Section um, in Class 3A, I believe there's no teams with more than two wins. So everyone's either two and two, uh, one and three, or zero oh and four. So it's very much up for grabs. And this could this could be a big step for them. They're going to have to go on the road for it, though. Um, their third road game in five weeks, so uh, it'll be a tough task. But what do you think on the pick on this one, Brian?
1: Yeah, I mean. When you're playing a team like Litchfield, who's ranked in the top five in the class, I mean it's it's tough to to pick them because Litchfield is just such a dynamic team. They're so good at um, both sides of the ball. So, uh, but being able to see them put 20 points against a top 10 team like Litchfield makes me a little bit more confident in in what they're able to do. Um, I think. Jordan Schumann at, at quarterback and Evan Wallen at, at running back, as well as, you know, him on the defensive end. They've had some success. Um, you know, Kellen, Kellen Kin, Kinzer was able to, um, he was able to get a few grabs as well. He's starting to look kind of good as well, heading into the rest of the season. And um, I'm going to go with uh, cathedral. Um, Dave is picking Malacca. So we have a little bit of some, some variety there. Um, but, but, I think it'll be a good matchup. I I think this type of game is going to be good for them if they get a win, confidence wise, heading in against Albany, which is kind of one of those crosstown rivals in a sense. Um, and then you know see what the rest of the season has in store for them. But I mean, they have a easier opponent against Little Falls in in the second to the last week of regular season, and then they play Princeton. So I mean, I don't know. I, I think. Cathedral's in a good place right now, like you said, with section standings and such. I think that this could be a really good win for them if they can, you know, get get over Malacca.
0: Yeah, you know, it puts them in a position right now. I think almost every game is at least somewhat winnable. I would say, you know, the rest of the way, other than, you know, after this Litchfield game where it was pretty clearly in favor of Litchfield in that one. Um, they do have, you know, I'd say a decent chance in all these games. In this one, I'm gonna pick Malacca. Just they've been able to put up. A ton of points recently they've put up at least 30 points their last three games two of those were wins and they put up 50 points against foley um at home when cathedral was only able to i think get two offensive touchdowns against foley so you know they, they've shown some kind of different things both teams i'm not quite sure how it's gonna go up but i think i'm gonna pick um Malacca in this one who you know a couple weeks ago barely beat albany um and also went on the road to beat albany which impressed me still even with albany having some injuries so um, I think this will be this will be a great one as well. In Cathedral, I think they're going to be one of those teams that you know they barely lost to Zimmerman, who's a good team too. They're going to be in every game. It just kind of depends um, if they can put it all together for for a full game for one of the first times this year, kind of like they did against Foley. Yeah,
1: no, I I completely agree. I, kind of fun to at least put a couple different couple different matchups that are different for us instead of going six and zero all all three of us. So I know, um, yeah. Last Instead, week. I'll, I'll just I'll just go 18-0, and 0, and then it'll be fine. So. Oh, sure, yeah. We'll see how that goes, yeah.
0: But we do <laughs> have a lot of variety compared to last week for sure, so <laughs> that is nice to see again for, for a lot of these games. So, yeah, so um, I think that'll about wrap up talking about football this week. Like we mentioned, um, Brian and Dave will be at Recory Hutchinson. That'll be a great game out in Cold Spring, and I'll be at Apollo versus Tech over um, – at tech so we'll see if tech can get their first win of the year apollo can kind of um and they losing streak in that rivalry too either way it should be interesting how that result goes so um i think that'll be it for the first segment of the show so uh thanks everyone for tuning in so far when we come back we're going to talk a bit of high school volleyball and also uh girls and boys soccer so once again uh we will be right back welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Uh, Like we mentioned, uh, we're going to get to a little bit of volleyball and girls and boys soccer. Um, Let's start with volleyball because that's where you were at last night, Brian. Um, You know, just kind of run me through, I guess, at least a little bit of your takeaway. I know you did a takeaway story. Tell me a little bit about some of your takeaways from this one um, and just what you kind of saw. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean,
1: you usually don't have back-to-back similar opponents in a schedule, but uh, Albany was playing at cathedral last week on Thursday night, cathedral got the, got the three to one victory there. Um, And then kind of right after that match, they decided to switch the, their match that they were supposed to play at the end of October to this past Tuesday, yesterday. Um, And Albany got the three, nothing victory at home there. So kind of home victories for both teams. Um, And the, the takeaways from yesterday was just how dominant um, Albany can be when they have all their hitters kind of running on all cylinders. Um, you have Samantha Van Heel. You have Olivia Kurzyk, um, who I spoke to after the game, or after the match. And then you have um, and Andrea Mirajic. Um, um, so, I mean, you have plenty of girls that know how to hit the ball um, they have some experience. Samantha especially has some experience, um, kind of being one of their leading kill leaders um, this year. And then you have a, um, a setter in Kendall Bierman That, I mean, she's been phenomenal. She's been consistent all season long. She had the um, the name of Paige Myers backup. Um, unfortunately, was kind of her her name for for a while. But now people know her name very well because she's taken over that position and has made it her own, grown a lot this season. Talking to Brian Hines after the match, the, their head coach, he even said that she's she's been asking questions constantly at practice just about how to do this better, how to do that better. Um, she knows a lot of the hitters. Um, Olivia and her were on the JV team last year together, but people like Samantha and, and Andrea, they, 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 she doesn't know who they are. And so she's been having to work with them to try and make sure that they feel comfortable just as much as she feels comfortable. So, um, yeah, overall, a really good performance by the Huskies last night. Um, Peyton Hulla, she's been a really good senior libero for the Huskies this year. Um, she had 12 digs, pretty much double-digit digs every single time that she steps on the court for any match. Um, and then on the flip side, you had Cathedral and Eleanor Pezel and, and Caitlin Voth. They both had eight kills. Kayla Sexton was not in the lineup or on the bench last night. Um, she helped Cathedral immensely on Thursday night and pretty much any match that she's in because um, she's really good. Um, so I think that kind of hurt a little bit um, with with not having her on the court. Not entirely sure why she wasn't there. I know they rescheduled the, the match um, from a different date, so maybe she had something planned. Um, but she did play against – Albany on Thursday and she had a phenomenal match that, that match with 12 kills and 14 digs. Um, Eleanor Pezel had 31 digs and f- 13 kills. So, I mean, really good performance by Cathedral the day before or the, the week before too. So I think th- this matchup between Cathedral and Albany is going to really figure out who's going to win that Granite Ridge conference in a sense. Um, and I know Albany has been looking to try and keep that conference title because they've been winning it for the last however many years. Um, I I know for sure they want to keep that in the Albany program instead of Cathedral.
0: Yeah. And they're both in the same section. They've, you know, Cathedral was ranked a couple spots ahead of them in the QRF that came out, but both are still kind of that three, four, five, six range in the section. That's a really big section as well. So um, yeah, I mean, they're they're just going to continue to battle it out. We'll see if they meet, once more in sections as well but it sounds like um when you've been able to see that it's been it's been a really nice little matchup that um you know a lot of sports they usually have some pretty good games albany cathedral it seems like that we get to watch but especially sounds like volleyball has been delivering for sure
1: yeah and i mean especially this year because in past years albany has always kind of been the dominant force um with just what they what they had in for their lineup but this year especially it seems like they've been able to kind of compete hand in hand and it's been fun to kind of see how that granite ridge conference has been shaking out every single week after all the different matches but we also had a couple other good matches on tuesday um sartell defeated wilmer uh 3-2 which was a huge win for the sabers wilmer um, i believe before tuesday was undefeated in the conference now they got that one loss against sartell Sartell has been competing really hard against ever, all the top teams. They beat Ricori 3-2. They lost to Sock Rapids 3-2. Um, they beat Wilmer 3-2. So some really good five-set performances by the Sabres. Uh, they also have a new coaching change. Um, as Andrew um, Davidson is now leaving, he resigned from his position um, last Friday due to some personal reasons. Um, and so now... Um, Riley Marode will be taking over as the head coach for the rest of the season. Um, I think she's been an assistant. She also works in the Sartell School District as well. Um, but then another match that happened last night, Soccer Rapids won 3-2 to two against Tech. Um, another really good kind of local crosstown rivalry match as well. Um, Soccer Rapids, the main leaders of this, of this win came from Ava A- Aethman with um, 11 kills and three digs. Darcy Peterson had seven kills and 10 digs. Um, Kieran Hurdler, their setter, had 37 assists and six digs. While on the tech side, um, Maddie Baker and Maddie Vaught, they both had 12 kill- kills. Maddie Vaught had 15 digs. Arissa Peterson had 47 assists, four digs, and four kills. And then um, Grace um, Karachi was, had 17 kills and 13 digs. So some really good performances by them last week or yesterday um, in Tuesday's matchups. And honestly, I mean, we're only, I think we have probably three more weeks before volleyball sections heads uh, gets ready,
0: but <laughs> it feels like it's already section time right now. And especially a lot of these central lakes teams you were just talking about. I mean, all of them are going to um, majority of them are going to be in section eight, three. We have Soc rapids tech recording Apollo all in there. Um, and right now, how the QRF is sitting, Soccer Rapids is second, Tech is third, and is fourth. And that can s- switch around a lot. All of them are pretty close in the wind column. So um, definitely going to be something to keep an eye on as we get down the stretch. Like you were just talking about, it's it's coming way faster than I think even both of us anticipate.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. But it'll be a good one for, for sure to, to see how things un- un- um, unveil. Sartell, obviously, is a class higher, um, which is new to us. I know for me, I was just telling you that I was going through the QRF rankings and, you know, you get to the, the class with all the Sock Rapids and Techs and stuff, and you're like, where's Sartell? Like, oh, wait, hold on. Got to go one more for class. But um, they got, I mean, I think they're ranked second in their class or in their section right now. Rogers is ahead of them, and honestly, Rogers looks really good. Um, but, I mean, with Sartell, just the the streak that they're on right now, Anything's possible, it seems like, with them. So um, we'll see how things kind of roll for the next couple of weeks. Um, We probably won't be talking much about volleyball because we'll have section tennis and section soccer for the next couple of weeks, but we'll come back to it here in a couple weeks as we get ready for that time um, along with football because usually football and volleyball are pretty much hand-in-hand when it comes to section time. So, Um, But, yeah, some really good performances last night, really good matches last night. Um, and we even have some more next week that I think I'll be going to, um, I know you'll, you'll be trying to go out to a couple of them here in the next couple of weeks as well. So, um, plenty of stuff coming your way for volleyball.
0: Absolutely. And for girls soccer as well, um, there's been a lot happening. I got to see a game last Thursday, which it's crazy to think that was since we recorded this, but recording this on a Wednesday, but it was, an insane game between Apollo and Recore. Neither team—they're both on 20-plus game winless streaks. Which they had a couple ties along the way there in the last season and a half or so, but um, no wins. Uh, Recore's last win was against Apollo in 2019, and Apollo's last win was in sections of 2019. So it's been a long time since either team has tasted um, kind of that winning feeling. And this one just kind of had was an emotional roller coaster, to be honest. So Apollo scores um, right before halftime in the first half. Um, to, to go ahead for Melanie O'Hara. She scores a goal after kind of a, a muffed, um, recovery by Recorey, um, in the goal. And then, so they go in, they also score a second goal pretty early on in the second half, which kind of gives them all the momentum from Emily Kep. And I'm thinking, okay, Apollo's going to kind of roll in this one. Well, then Recorey comes back and Olivia Tronbach, who had their only two goals of the season coming into this, um, she's, she scores on a penalty kick. She scores on a really impressive free kick. And all of a sudden it's two to two with like 10 minutes left. I'm like, okay, I got to stop editing pictures. I got to get up and actually start taking pictures again because now all the action's <laughs> happening the second I, I sit down to try to edit some stuff because I think the result's in hand. So, event And Ricori has a bunch of chances kind of down the stretch to almost um, almost win it a couple shots on goal, a couple good breakaways um, that they couldn't capitalize on. And in the end, um, in a similar way to the first goal where Melanie scored, her sister Maggie, um, who's a freshman, she kind of found a similar goal with under um, with I think it was only 20 something seconds left or the ball kind of pokes free. And she taps it in to win. And Apollo went absolutely nuts because it's been so long. It was their last homecoming game of the year. I'm mean, not homecoming. Last home game of the year, senior night, all these different things that came together um, and they were able to get that win. So coming into the game, I think they've been outscored like 57 to one or something this year. Just insane. And then they managed to put up three goals. Um, and grind out a win. So it was just really cool to to talk to the players, the coaches after that one, and just see the emotion of you know finally being able to to get back um, after so many losses in a row and a couple ties thrown in here or there um, to get to experience that on their home field again. So um, that was a really exciting one for sure. Yeah, if you if you haven't had the chance, go out go out to
1: the sctimes.com and check out that gallery because you got a really nice photo of them celebrating that overtime goal and I know it blew up on Instagram there was a lot of people that commented on on that photo because like you said it's just been so long since Apollo was able to get a win and having that win I'm sure is just helping them out because I mean I know they played they lost to Wilmer three to one but they still got a goal um against Wilmer and it's just I'm sure it helps with the confidence as they get ready for the rest of this season but um yeah other than that I, I mean this past week for girls soccer, it seems like um, this past week on Tuesday, last night, Sartell got the 2-1 to victory over Memidji in overtime. Chloe Turner had both goals. She scored one with 40 seconds left in overtime to, to earn the win for the Sabres. Alexandria got an 8-0 to um, win over Ricori. Um, soccer Rapids and Tech tied 0-0 in overtime um, last night, and then... Um, Cathedral kind of changed up their entire s- schedule, it seems like. Um, Zach and I both kind of noticed that there was some interesting matchups that weren't on the schedule but now are on. The- so, anywho, um, they'll be playing some some teams here coming up, but their game against Becker was canceled um, last night. Um, but, yeah, overall, I mean, it seems like the – the, the girls' soccer teams that are kind of in the central conference with Sock Rapids, Tech, Apollo, and Ricori, um, all of them are kind of sitting in the bottom half of their section um, standings. Sartell, they jumped up to another um, class, so they're going to be kind of in that middle of the pack for their class, even though they look dominant in the Central Lakes Conference. Um, they You have to remember that they're playing – even bigger teams um, for their section, and then Cathedral's the one team that has dropped down to one A, and they'll be kind of one of the favorites heading into that section tournament, um,
0: which starts up. What what is that? The twelfth that Tuesday? Yeah, I believe so. So I mean, it's it's coming fast. And Cathedral they won six nothing over Melrose. Um, you know, just a just a little bit ago last Thursday, Hope Schuler and Peyton Mathias and each had two goals and assists. They've been kind of the main goal scorers they have been carrying them all year long. And I believe right now they're second or third ranked in the section, but um, the top team is St. John's prep, who they beat three to nothing early in the year. But St. John's prep has also been on a run of a ton of wins um, lately. So I think it'll, it might come down to those two teams um, when we get to section time. It's just going to be, it's going to be a very different look um, than previous years. And the same is for the boys team um, who boys team for cathedral has also been Rolling really well, they lost to Apollo a couple weeks ago by a goal, but um, other than that, they've won five of their last six. Um, they're eight and two overall. Continue to just absolutely dominate every Granite Ridge Conference game, and it not be competitive basically every time. Um, but then the other, but then they did get a really great test against Pelican Rapids at Pelican Rapids, who is probably their biggest competition for that state spot in Class A um cathedral is ranked in the top 10 last time i looked um and i believe they're only probably going to go up in this next rankings because of um their result here but this was last thursday um they played cathedral was down two to one at the half they come back win three to two and i saw and chandler Hendricks had two goals connor drone had the last goal and i believe he scored it with literally like two seconds left um i saw a video on twitter where it was just like a a volley that beat the goalkeeper's head and literally the entire team just went nuts because it was about as close to a buzzer beater you can get in like high school soccer from what I saw. So, um, that was at Pelican Rapids too. Um, so, I mean, that's going to be big, I'm assuming for section seating and they're probably hoping even if it is at a neutral site, I guess, um, the final, at least through most of the road, Cathedral should probably be playing at Whitney and at home, I would guess just with, um, the great regular season they've put together so far. So they have a couple more games here. Um, to round out the regular season um, St. John's prep, Fergus falls Zimmerman and Hillcrest Lutheran. Who's another section team that um, could be an important win for them. So uh, they have, I would say of all of our boys teams, they probably have the best shot at making it to state just with where they are in the rankings, um, kind of what they've shown. They've played a lot of section opponents already. Um, You know, tech and Apollo have also been having really good seasons in the central lakes Um, as well. You know, tech they've, They've tied a lot lately as well, or they've kind of dropped a couple. So they're more sitting in the middle. Apollo started with three losses and has won about five or six um, in a row before a a handful of losses lately. So it's kind of all over the board um, for a lot of our local teams in the Central Lakes. Recory, Soccer Rapids, a little farther down. um, And Sartell's sitting steady at about 4-4-2 in Conference 2. So all of them have shown some good things, and they've also lost some bad games, it seems like. So... Um, or some surprising ones at least so almost all of them are kind of going to be a little bit of a question mark and entering sections i would say especially in that class 2a Um, now that it's all switched up like you were mentioning we used to have all six of our local teams in one class and um, class a section eight was so beautiful last year and the previous year (laughs) um, after tech had dropped down from a higher class and now we have in three different classes so we're gonna figure it out and get to the games but um, it just it brings a bigger unknown factor this year for sure. Yeah.
1: And I mean, just looking at the QRF standings, I mean if, if, if it ended right now, we would probably have one team out of the, you know, six teams that we that we covered that would be on the road to start off the, you know, quarterfinals or round of sixteens. So um, so I mean, that's pretty impressive when it comes to, you know, having that many teams around the local area and all of them would probably have a home at least one home game, possibly more. So, um, but yeah, no, otherwise, I think that kind of wraps up boys soccer. Um, a lot of stuff coming your way here in the next couple of weeks. Um, like we said, girls soccer and boys soccer start up their section tournaments the week of the October 12th week. Um, and then we kind of have, um, I know we have bo- girls soccer finals, section finals on that Tuesday, the 19th. Boys are on the 21st that Thursday, so I mean, in a blink of an eye, you're going to be you're going to be right over there and and looking at who's going to state here pretty quick. So um, should be kind of fun to see how things unravel here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but I think that'll kind of wrap up this second segment of the sports um, report podcast. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking a little bit about girls swimming and diving, as well as some college notes. Zach's been going to a couple different um, games. Over the last weekend um, or over this past weekend um, that he kind of wants to talk about a little bit regarding the college scene and uh, get you ready for next week as St. John's continues their football season um, here next Saturday. So we'll be right back here momentarily. So stay with us.
0: And welcome back to the SC times sports report podcast going into our last section here. Like Brian mentioned before the break, going to talk a little girl swimming before we get to some college news and notes. Uh, I know the last swimming event, we were at Apollo Saturday for a little quick stop, um, when they were doing a dual meet. And then you also got to see recovery versus Soc rapids last Thursday. Um, a lot of swimming you've gotten to take in. I think you have two teams left to see before you've seen all of them in the area. Kind of what did, what were some of your, um, you know, kind of takeaways from the last week and just what you've noticed now that you've gotten to see a lot more of these teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like we have some pretty good swimmers um, and some pretty good teams overall um, over in this local area. And um, the same kind of was said with Recori and Sock Rapids on Thursday night. Recori hosted their first home meet this season against the Storm um, last Thursday. And they didn't really, um, they didn't really, they were very excited to be back because they won 121 to 65 um against the storm. Um and it was due to a one-two and sometimes three punch. Um basically every single meet or every single event on Thursday night was one first First and second place were won by Recori swimmers. And then even sometimes a third was was won by Recori as well. So just kind of shows you that. You know, those margins start to separate more and more as you start to win those first and second spots and then even more when you get that third place spot as well. So um, Kim Mitchell, their their head coach, kind of spoke to me and she said, you know, this is kind of the season that they've been looking forward to. Um, they, she's been a head coach there for five years. This is her fifth year. And she said that ever since she got there, she's been kind of eyeing this season as the the big Hurrah, in a sense, um, as she gets ready for a lot of talent, a lot of depth, um, a lot of versatility. A lot of these girls can, can compete at different events as well. Um, and the big moment from that mat- or that meet was Megan Will- Willenbring. Um, she broke a record pool record um, and school record. Um, she broke her own record in the 50 freestyle. She finished um the, the race with twenty-five twenty. Um and she her previous record was twenty-five forty-six. So she's she's only a freshman this year, which is kind of insane to think about that she's only a freshman and she's already breaking her own pool records. Um, but that's just kind of what she is and who she is. Um from what Kim Mitchell said, is that she's just been working really hard during the off season. She's been putting her time in the pool during the regular season. And um, it's starting to pan out a little bit for her. Um, but they did lose to Albany um, last yesterday in a 94 to 92 victory for the Huskies. Um, but overall, Recory just been looking really good this season. Um, Sock Rapids, they had a handful of girls that kind of stepped up um, in the pool too. Um, but yeah, overall it's been kind of a, I know Sock Rapids just lost 96 to 90 to Foley um, yesterday, so some really close meets and, and scores. Um, Cathedros and the St. John's Prep Co-op has been continu- continuing to be dominant. Um, they won 106.5 to, to 90 or 79.5 against Tech on Tuesday, and then they um, they competed at Malacca, Um, at their Invitational on Saturday and had some really good performances as well. So overall, I mean, Sartell is obviously the dominant force like usual they are. I think the big thing is is when they get closer to that um, section tournament and even true team here in a couple weeks, it's going to be interesting to see how they do regarding times against some of their opponents in sections because with jumping up a class, you're also jumping up Quite a bit of time um, to reach that state tournament, and so um, I don't think they're worried about whether they place at a certain place or something. They're more focused on what their times look like and how they can keep bringing that time down more um, around section time. But overall, I mean, it's just been a really good, um, really good wins for a lot of the local teams and a lot of you know swimmers and divers to watch out for. Here in the next couple of weeks um, as we get closer to sections and true teams i'm going to be out at the tech is tech is heading out to sartell for their um, for another swimming meet on um, thursday and that'll be the last one that i need to go to to kind of finish up all of the local teams and uh, i'm looking forward to that one because it looks like tech is starting to kind of um, rise a little bit they got a, a win against fergus falls on thursday um, lost to Cathedral on on Tuesday, but um, looks like they're kind of on the, on the right path just as much as Sartell has been.
0: Yes, and I know you're also right now, you're working on a story about the correlation kind of between divers and gymnasts. I know that's something um, hopefully, you know, once you, you finish that up and next week we can talk a little bit more about that because I think it's going to be something interesting that probably not a lot of people think about, but it seems to be more prevalent than we'd expect. So, that's something um, I'm sure that will be a four subscriber only story. So make sure to subscribe to SC times.com for, for that story, especially I think that'll be a good one. So um, I think that about wraps up high school for college. Just a couple of things to hit before we finish up the podcast today. Um, St. John's moved to three and zero last week. I think I previewed that game a little bit on the podcast last week. Um, really great game against number 13th ranked Bethel. They won 31 to 25. The score a little closer than it felt. St. John's got up two touchdowns um, by the fourth quarter. They really poured on the offense the second half. Um, and then Bethel had, on fourth and four from their own like 40-yard line, like a 70-yard touchdown with only a couple minutes to go that made it that one-score game. But then St. John's held on to the ball, got enough first downs to to get the win. Robbie Alston, the receiver, he had, um, I think, about 140 yards receiving or more, um, just an incredible game after he didn't play the previous week. Um, but just continues to be just that really great offensive weapon. Actually, 159 yards on 11 catches it was, so even more than I remembered. Um, and then an- another cool thing was Devin Vuk, who um, is a Sartell grad. He played at Saint Cloud State for a couple years before they cut football. Um, he got 24 carries for 89 yards and two touchdowns because Henry Trost, their their normal starter, went out um, of the game in the first half, so he got a chance to step up. I looked, I think it's the most carries he's got since like his senior year at Sartell. So, you know, it's been a long time, but, um, he was able to be that next man up mentality kind of, and and have a good performance. And we'll see if, um, he gets those carries this next week as well. They're going to be playing Concordia Moorhead who actually beat the Johnnies, um, two years ago. That would be now when they last played, um, that was the year St. John's went to the national semifinals. Um, the big thing with that game was that St. John's missed all three of their extra points. They're all blocked and they lost 20 to 19 in overtime. So, The kicking's been really good for St. John so far this year. I don't think that'll be an issue, because that year was an issue all year long, and it kind of boiled over in that game. Um, But they're going to be heavily favored basically every game the rest of the regular season now until maybe that that Mayak crossover title game where there's a good chance they could be playing Bethel again. But um, Gustavus has also been doing pretty good lately, and they'll be playing them in a couple weeks here still. But homecoming's in a couple weeks, um, but they're heading on the road for the first time um this week after three straight home games so that'll be the big thing it'll be quiet in collegeville this weekend but then they have a couple more coming up here
1: gotcha and i know you were over at uh saint cloud state men's soccer um last week as well maybe kind of talk a little bit about that and just i know hockey's coming up here pretty soon um which is kind of surprising to think that hockey's coming in october but in october is like literally a, a day away um but maybe just kind of let the fans know a little bit about what to expect from that that part of
0: uh, town. Yeah, know Saint Cloud State has a lot going on right now. Volleyball has been on a roll, um, five straight wins starting conference. I think they're number 16 in the country now. So um, they're gonna be ha- they've only had a couple home games, but they'll be having some more soon. Um, men's soccer is on a really long home stand right now. I think they have seven eight home games in a row. Um, I got to see them win three to two over Northwood University. Friday night, like you mentioned, um, all three goals came in the first about 30 minutes of the game. They got up three nothing and held on for the win. Uh, their first ever conference win, first ever win at Husky Stadium. Um, also to mention, both times I've seen them are their only two wins this year, so I think that's worth recognizing as well. But um, we'll see if that streak continues if I get to see them again this year. But um, no, it was just cool to to be. You know, I've, it's been since um, other than high school football, I haven't seen anything at um, in the stadium since. St. Cloud State cut their football program. So got to see soccer there. Um, You know, the the men's hockey team was there. The entire team was there just yelling, getting under the opposing goalie's skin, too, um, and kind of making it a cool atmosphere, too. It was good to see that support from another team um, as well. So, yeah, it it was pretty exciting to be there, let them see them hold on for that win, kind of get rolling with it being the program's uh, first official year. And then for men's hockey, like you mentioned, yeah, they're they're going to be playing St. Thomas at home on Saturday. Uh, St. Thomas's first Division One game, St. Cloud State's first um, home game with you know a, a decent chunk of fans since COVID started, um, with just some limited or no fans for most of last year. So um, I'm excited to see what the atmosphere is like and the amount of people that show out. After you know, a lot of people got on board last year when they went to the national title game. Uh, 23 of the 27 guys are back from that team. So it it doesn't get much, much better than that. If you're a St. Cloud state fan and they brought in some great players, including, um, you know, Minnesota, Mr. Hockey last year, um, and Jack Pert as a defender. So they have a lot going for them. Um, some great series to start the year. They, they play a home. They play a series against Minnesota. Who's really highly ranked, um, Mankato, they play in in just like a week and a half, who's who they beat in the frozen four semifinals, Uh, Wisconsin's, you know, a top 15 team comes to town and that's just in the next like three or four weeks. So um, hockey, it's a long season, but it's especially front loaded with a lot of these great matchups. Also North Dakota comes in December, Um, Duluth and Bemidji state come in January. I mean, there's, there's going to be so many chances um, to see these guys in this great team, which I'm just excited for because so many people, didn't get to see them in person at all when they have their best year in in program history. So um, I'm hoping for some good turnouts when we get back um, to home games starting on Saturday.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping maybe Dave gets sick one of the Saturdays and I can go out and get some pictures. You know, get, get be a part of that atmosphere a little bit. But no, I mean it'll be a lot of fun to to go see the Huskies on those Fridays and Saturdays and um, be back to normal in the sense of just having people there and also being able to see some, some guys that you recognize from last year's team. Cause a lot of these college teams, unfortunately it's just the case where they get drafted and um, they head out and they, you know, they, they, they don't stay They don't stay around a whole lot, especially with dominant programs like the St. Cloud States program. So um, nice to see some people back and being able to have that core back um, to possibly make that run for that national championship. Once again, is always, always a fun thing around around the St. Cloud area and kind of gives some people some something to look forward to for the winter season so
0: yeah and especially I know usually like you said I mean there's been a couple years yeah where people leave after a year two years three years whatever you know now it's gonna be I'm sure most of the opposing team be like this guy's still here this guy's still here I mean it's like almost all three four five year guys at this point is a huge chunk of the roster and a lot of these young guys have got experience too so yeah so it's it's going to be an exciting team. The the big kind of takeaway um, was that, you know, last year they snuck up on everyone. They were the underdogs. They weren't ranked to start the year, and they used that as motivation. Well, now they're ranked number two in the country to start the year, so there's no sneaking up on anyone. So it's an entirely new challenge, but um, I think one, they'll be handled, be able to handle pretty well. So it should be exciting. But um, other than that, Brian, is there anything else you want to hit before we head out today? No, just to let people know kind of the rest of the week, I'm going to be out at uh, Tech
1: or I'm going to be over at Sartell for the Texas Sartell swimming meet tomorrow. Um, I'll be over at Recory for the Hutchinson Recory game, um, football game on Friday. And then Saturday, um, kind of just doing a lot of takeaways and roundups from the football night on Friday night. Um, So a few things up ahead um, for me to look at. Zach, I don't know if you want to go through what you're going to be doing here this upcoming week.
0: Yeah, for me, um, you know, tomorrow night, like we mentioned earlier, recording this on a Wednesday, tomorrow night and we'll be at Apollo Boys Soccer. They've um, been on a pretty good streak lately, lost a couple, but they've really turned their season around, so I'm going to get to see them for the first time. Uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, will be Apollo Tech um, that I mentioned earlier for football. I'm excited for that. First time I'll get to see that rivalry. Um, Saturday will be St. Uh, Cloud State versus St. Thomas at 6 o'clock. Um, and then the next day they'll be playing um, St. Thomas again, but at XL Energy Center in St. Paul too. So um, that's kind of a unique twist on that opening series. Um, and then just kind of story-wise, men's hockey preview just r- went out earlier today. Um, and women's hockey preview for St. Cloud State as well. They open up their season at home um, this weekend already too. It's kind of crazy. They open Friday night uh, playing Lindenwood um, before a couple weeks um, on the road um, couple road games coming up after that, so um, gonna be working on that as well. Um, so yeah, Division one hockey guys and girls is gonna be rolling here um, very soon, along with all the fall sports. So a lot going on in our world, but um, that's the way we like it. So I think that about wraps up the podcast for today. So once again, thank you everyone for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.